Good evening, folks. This is your host, Terry Farley in Dallas, Texas. Now calling to each one of you from the eye of the storm. The eye is at the very center of a hurricane. Regardless of how powerful the hurricane, the eye at the center is calm. God's word leads us to the eye, for the Lord encourages each of us to be still and know that he is God. Psalm 46, verses 10 and 11. Psalm 46, verses 10 and 11. Thank you each and every one very much for joining me this evening. I really appreciate it. Welcome to all, including our new listeners. Greetings from the eye of the storm. Tonight, we continue our heading for Calm Harbor, our port of call, centered at the very eye of the storm. Our days continue to escalate exponentially, and as they flow, we here in America prepare for Thanksgiving, or not, Depending on our belief, this day of celebration was officially dedicated to God as a day of prayer by President Lincoln in 1862 during the Civil War. The significance of prayer to God is expressed in 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Importantly, our study this evening, heading us into this present Sunday evening, realizing once again the wealth of God's oversight available to America and the world, uh, should they but seek him and his comfort. With this wonderful reminder, we thus continue on in our plumbing the depths of Proverbs uh, tonight, uh, embarking on chapter 14, verse 1. Again, all who would like to join us as we read and discover <clears throat> may open their Bibles as we launch out into Proverbs chapter 14, reading verses 1 through 5. And again, please join me with your Bible if you have that opportunity. And again, that's Proverbs chapter 14, reading verses 1 through 5. Every wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pluck it down with their hands. And he that walks in his uprightness fears the Lord. But he that is perverse in his ways despises him. In the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride. But the lips of the wise shall preserve them, where no oxen are. The crib is clean, but much increase is by the strength of the axe. A faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. Significantly, the reader discovers right off the bat that it is not the man who builds the house. You've probably heard it said, the man builds the house, but the woman makes a home. A perspective on this is that the woman's making is by God's definition, the actual true process of building. Conversely, it is a danger revealed that the woman can also tear or pluck a house down by her own doing. A man's fear of the Lord that plants his feet on the good path, while trouble awaits the obstinate person who reaps his own folly. Moving to verse 3, as we recognize 
pride rising in our hearts, perhaps even reaching our lips, we are reminded the wise thing to do is to forsake pride. Where do we get such wisdom? The Holy Spirit. Jesus said, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. John chapter 16, verse 13. My first sermon assignment in homiletics class in Bible school was a study of the word all, in that phrase, all truth, in which Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would lead us as believers into. The speaking time allotted for the assignment was 20 minutes. I was not able to fully examine the word in the time given, but was at least able to confirm the sufficiency of this reality of all that truth implies. Again, verse 4, where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increase is by the strength of the ox. A Sunday school teacher of small children decried the mess the class had left in the room as they went off to church. As her assistant, and trying to comfort her, I paraphrased this verse 4, replying, where there is no ox, the stall is clean. Scoffing, the lady returned, well, what's that, some Irish proverb? No, I laughed. It's from the Bible. Verse 5, a faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. Here we are reminded of Jesus' declaration in Acts 1, verses 4 and 5, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father which, saith he, ye have heard of the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Here, Jesus prophesies of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, who enters the believer when they call upon Jesus for salvation, to empower them to do his bidding. Yet, the primary purpose of this empowerment is given in verse 8 of this chapter, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. For the greatest truth that we can impart to the world is that Jesus has died for the sins of the world, and accepting him as Lord and Savior to receive eternal life. Any and all who deny this truth are false witnesses. Verses 6 through 10. A scorner seeks wisdom and finds it not. But knowledge is easy unto him that understands. Go from the presence of a foolish man when you perceive not in him the lips of knowledge. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. The heart knoweth his own bitterness, and a stranger does not intermeddle with his joy. Verse 6, because of his scornful spirit, a person seeking wisdom shall never attain to it with that attitude. <clears throat> You've often heard the message of how hard life is, that life is hard. Yet Jesus declared his yoke is easy, his burden is light. And verse 6 closes, encouraging that knowledge is easy to those who understand, and only Jesus can lead you in this path.
Verse 7, go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceives in him not, uh, when you perceive that not the lips, the lips of knowledge. Sometimes truth is embarrassingly simple. If you find yourself in the presence of a foolish man, perceiving and understanding he is speaking foolishness, depart post haste. Verse 8, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. Admitting you don't understand is the first step to clarity and wisdom. Once more, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. These verses command the believer to trust in the Lord with all their heart, and not to lean to their own understanding, but to acknowledge him, God, in all of their ways. Do you think it coincidence that Jesus would declare himself the way? And he will establish your path. Remember, Jesus said, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. He will guide you. Verse 8, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. Recalling the earlier admonition to speak the truth and the warnings against deceit, we see here the display of fools' folly. It is their self-imposed acceptance of deceit. Verse 9, fools make a mock of sin, but among the righteous there is favor. Fools not only disregard the folly of lying as unimportant, but they also actually laugh at the danger of sin. Truthers, as the term has developed in recent times, gain the favor of God. But be careful, truth is according to God's word, not man's. Verse 10, the heart knows his own bitterness, and a stranger does not intermeddle with his joy. A Spanish proverb goes, every house knows its own sorrow. So every heart knows its own bitterness. Strangers are unable to offer solace, nor are they able to understand the joy of the righteous. Verses 11 through 15, the house of the wicked shall be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. There is a way which seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Even in laughter the heart is sorrowful, and the end of that mirth is heaviness. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. The simple believe every word, but the prudent man looks well to his going. Verse 11, the house of the wicked shall be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. Notice that throughout scripture, good wins, evil loses. The evil can build temporary kingdoms. As Psalms uh, 49.11 declares, their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever and their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. The world claims to not believe in eternity while scrambling to build legacies and lands that they think will endure forever. Verse 12, there is a way which seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Verse 12 begins the reality of expression acknowledging the spiritual war 
man is born into. We can easily choose the wrong path, thinking it is the right path. Job clearly identifies the challenges of life thusly. Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Job 14.1 And yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. Job 5.7 Verse 13 Even in laughter the heart is sorrowful, but the end of that mirth is heaviness. Verse 13 follows closely, verse 12, even acknowledging that laughter can mask the heaviness of the heart. Verse 14, intentional falling away from God's leading can happen even to those who know the Lord. Thus the term backslider, revealing someone who has been moving forward but falls back or away from God's path, reaping what God has promised they sow. The good man continues to prosper, also reaping from what he sows. Ergo, the backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and the good man shall be satisfied from himself. Verse 15, the simple believe every word, but the prudent man looks well to his going. With the flood of information sprouting from the media of our day, it is difficult to keep from trying to keep track of what is going on. A good rule of thumb is to wait for several reliable reporting sources before acknowledging claims, practicing prudence daily. Verses 16 through 20, a wise man fears and departs from evil, but the fool rages and is confident. He that is soon angry deals foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. The evil bow before the good, and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. The poor is hated even of his own neighbor, but the rich has many friends. We interrupt our program for this news flash. Uh, it's Thanksgiving this morning, and as I'm working on my Sunday evening, Eye of the Storm, I received a heartfelt message on Facebook from a girl who is feeling empty and unsure of her salvation. Here's my response. While answering her question, I realized someone listening here on I might be also needing this encouragement. This girl messaged she was feeling empty and unsure of her salvation. It reminded me of that time when I felt the same exact feelings. Following is an edited version of the day and prayer I prayed to Jesus to save me. Our assurance that Jesus hears our prayers. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 14, and also James 4, verse 8. My response to the girl's plea, knowing Jesus for real. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Elizabeth Read 1 John 5.13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. After reading this verse, I understood that even though I believed in Jesus, I did not know for certain that I was saved and going to heaven. 
I also read Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, where Jesus himself invites each person to receive him, Jesus, personally. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Also, Romans 10, 13 gave me the faith to pray to Jesus directly myself. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I knew immediately I qualified because I'm a whosoever if there ever was one. So I then prayed to Jesus himself, telling him I had confessed my sins to other men, and they were supposed to take my sins to you, Jesus, and get everything taken care of. But I told Jesus, I know for certain that I do not know for certain that I'm going to heaven. If I don't know you, I continued, forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and save me and help me to know for certain that I am going to heaven. I finished praying and stood up and someone asked what had happened. I said, I'm going to live forever with Jesus in heaven. They asked how I knew that. I pointed to the Bible and said, because that book says so. That was September 22nd, 1974, about three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. I've been learning daily ever since. And Jesus has led me. He will lead you. And anytime you feel empty, just pray, Jesus is with you. And ask him to fill you again with his Holy Spirit. Read the Bible and he will teach you and lead you to those who know the Bible and will welcome you as a believer in Jesus. Maranatha. Returning to our study in Proverbs, we thus understand God is real. Hebrews 4.12 proclaims the essence of the Word of God. For the Word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And now Proverbs 14, verse 16, A wise man fears and departs from evil, but the fool rages and is confident. As we intertwine Scripture with Scripture, the razor-sharp cuttings of God's declarations become more and more apparent. Verse 16 again pits wisdom against evil. Fear of God directing our path, while the fool confidently rages with evil. Verse 17 continues to examine the fool's first tool as he quickly gets angry, bringing hatred upon himself. In verse 18, the simple cultivate folly, but knowledge is bestowed upon the prudent, those who are practicing care and forethought of action, revealing their crown. Verse 19 acknowledges the superiority of good over evil, with the wicked seeking at the gates of the righteous. The poor, verse 20, declares, from man's perspective, are hated even by their neighbor, but the rich have many friends. Yet verse 21 immediately reveals the Spirit of God, revealing whosoever despises his neighbor sins against God, while all who have mercy on the poor experience happiness. And verses 21 through 25, he who despises his neighbor sins, but he who has mercy on the poor, happy is he. Do they not go astray who devise evil? But mercy and truth belong to those who devise good. In all labor there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. The crown of the wise is their riches, but the foolish, foolishness of fools is folly. A true witness delivers souls, but a deceitful witness speaks lies. 
Once more, verse 21 reveals the Spirit of God revealing whosoever despises his neighbor's sins against God, while all who have mercy on the poor experience happiness. Verse 22 appeals to common sense, asking for witness to the fact that whosoever devises evil goes astray, countered by those who devise good and own mercy and truth. My mother used to gleefully chant, the early bird gets the worm. I, of course, would counter, yeah, ma, but who likes worms? Verse 23 establishes, in all labor there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. Verse 24 uh, identifies riches as crowns of the rich, whereas foolishness is the folly of fools. Remembering Jesus' admonition to store up for ourselves riches in heaven, we discover the vein of truth in verse 25, leading to eternal riches. A true witness delivers souls, but a deceitful witness speaks lies. Acknowledging that Jesus himself is the truth, all who witness to Jesus deliver souls for eternity. And once more, Jesus valued just one soul as more costly than the entire world. That perspective alone supports the wisdom of following the word of God, Jesus being that word, John chapter 1, verse 1. Join us next Sunday evening, the good Lord willing, as we continue in Proverbs chapter 14. However, we will be opening the evening with a more detailed explanation of Blast Off Repeamore, per request that continue to come in, focusing on the particularly uh, on the imminent or any moment shout of Jesus, and why that day must be called today. Tune in. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's going to help you to know you are to be anticipating in good fear and good faith and uh, for comfort and strength. Meanwhile, from the wheelhouse, for continuing light from God's word, may I encourage all who seek in-depth study, Google T.L. Farley books, uh, Blast Off Repeamore edition five, now available, the prophecy of our blessed hope, the rapture. It's the only prophecy remaining in the Bible that needs nothing else to happen before it takes place. Our blessed hope is the very last prophecy Jesus proclaims true, doing so three final times in Revelation chapter 22. Coincidence? I trow not. Believers are bound for the greatest ride off this earth. Insights are from Genesis through Revelation. 25 plus Bible versions, which are alpha indexed. 1350 plus verses for in-depth study and the building of spiritual stamina. One might ask why the pluses? I got tired of counting. You tell me how many. <laughs> Remember, there is plenty of room. Everyone is invited. You only need Jesus himself. And oh, someone nudge uh, Elon. If Jesus tarries, all Mars believers will be picked up on the way. Also available, FYI, my first book, When Now Becomes Too Late. True testimony, it was in publishing process 
on the very morning of 9-11. And Distant Reaches, autobiographical adventures, all leading to Jesus. Book a trip that is more than just a day sail. And watch, each and every day anticipate, Jesus is going to shout today. And remember he said, Behold, I, Jesus, stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into them and will sup with them and they with me. And the Lord willing, until we meet again next Sunday evening, right here on revelationradio.net. That's all one word, revelationradio.net. 7.30 p.m. Central Storm, Central Time, in from the eye of the storm. Brothers and sisters, fathers, mothers, sons, daughters, uncles, aunts, cousins, new friends, and old friends, strangers, and not so strange, <laughs> join the harvest. And until then, Maranatha, and once more, I say, Maranatha. And that's the wrap for this evening, folks. May we all join together in prayer that each of us has a good night. And the Lord willing, until we meet next time, or until Jesus shouts, and we meet in the air, or at supper, Here's bidding you all, each and every one, the very best Jesus has to offer you. From the eye of the storm, this is your host, Terry Farley, bidding you a good evening.